Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, the podcast where I, your host, Connor McCabe, bring on a guest to hear from them about a meaningful video game from their life. On the show, we talk as much about what made playing that game special, what they love about it, and what they remember, as we will, about the context of when they had this meaningful time with it. A little bit of housekeeping up top is that you can check us out on social media. We're on both Instagram and Twitter. You can find us on Instagram at Call Me By Your Game Pod and on Twitter at Call Me By Your Game. And on Twitter, there's just one Y. So that's B Y O U R. And these links, uh, these social media accounts, including everything I list here uh, and any plugs we do on the show, you can just click a link in the show notes. So I guess I don't need to spell it out for you. Uh, you can support the show a few different ways. You can leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. I only see them on Apple Podcasts, though. So if you leave one on Spotify or some other uh, fancy podcatcher, uh, feel free to DM me because I'd love to shout you out because those uh, those rating and reviews not only feel nice and make me feel good, but they're also really helpful in increasing our visibility. You can also share the show with a friend, whether they love video games or the specific video game we're discussing today. Uh, you can... Also start to interact with us on Discord. We just started a Discord for Super NPC Radio, the podcast network uh, that we're a part of. So if you would like to join that, there's a link in the show notes uh, for some fun discussion, not only about this show, but all the shows on our network. And lastly, you can check us out on Patreon. We're over at patreon.com slash super NPC radio, like non-player character. And there you can find a ton of bonus additional video game podcasts there for you, uh, including uh, a couple things that I want to highlight today are the Call Me By Your Game co-op series, which is a monthly panel version of the show where I sit down with not one person, uh, but a group and we talk about a meaningful game to all of us. Uh, we just did our 30th episode on God of War Ragnarok, so there's 30 of those bad boys sitting at the $10 DJ Toad tier. If you want to go sign up for a month and binge them, and then coming up in January, we'll have an episode on the sequel to Earthbound, Mother 3. So that'll be at the end of the month. Uh, and again, that's at patreon.com slash super NPC radio. Uh, but that'll do it for the housekeeping, and I'll finally introduce our guest for today. So please welcome to the microphone, uh, improviser, father, director, uh, consummate guest, which I'm predicting, Alex Fernie. Welcome to the mic. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're so welcome. Um, I, I'm so glad to have you here. You're, uh, there's a certain, there's certain groups of people, uh, types of people that I have in categories of, of why I ask them on the show. Sometimes, People know I do a video game podcast and they'll they'll bring it up to me and then I'll, I'll use that as a chance to ask them. Sometimes I will uh, then see people at some point post about, about video games on social media and I'll sort of pocket that mentally. Uh, and you're one of those people, but I don't know, I can't even tell you what you would have been posting about <laughs> if, if you were even playing a game. I could have even made that up uh, in my head. Um, but that's why I asked you on today, not that you... I don't even know how often you would have tweeted about video games or anything like that. Yeah, probably not. Honestly, if it was recent, it might have been Marvel Snap. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I went through a, a, a real period of tweeting people, tweeting with people about um, uh, Marvel Snap. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I'm wondering, I'm wondering what I would have been. It's because that sounds familiar. Because I think you were, were you interacting with Vic about Marvel Snap? Mm-hmm, 100%. A bit? Yes, Vic, one of the earliest guests on this show, quite literally three years ago. Um, There may have been something else 
you know, that's just lost to memory at this point. And uh, uh, I'm not going to challenge either of us to try to figure out what it was. Um, but uh, Fernie, I'm so glad to have you on today. Uh, I know you uh, because you're, uh, you've been a longtime improviser at the, at the UCB theater, which is mm-hmm. how I know the majority of guests, uh, that come on this show. Um, in fact, I don't think I've ever shared this with you before. So I had a little surprise for you. I'm sure you're really <laughs> excited. Um, I actually saw, I went to college in, in at Azusa Pacific. You've probably seen some embarrassing billboards around, seen, around I've town. I've seen billboards for Azusa Pacific. Th- Absolutely. There's cur- there's currently one very close to where I live uh, on Hyperion Avenue. So it's it's like it stares me in the face. Yeah. The people uh, on the billboards look like they love it. They look hey, like they're they, having a great time. They do. They often have graduation caps on. So you're <laughs> seeing that you can have a, a full experience to from, I guess, uh, orientation to graduation. Um, but I – well, I was a film student there and I had someone uh, my freshman year who was in the theater department – uh, this has turned into from a story to a brag, but they were like, hey, they're teaching this improv class next fall, and I think you should take it. Uh, so eventually I, I did that. Of course, just absolutely fell in love with it. Um, in fact, former guest of the show who's also in the UCB community, Jeremy Olson and I were in the same improv class. But one of our requirements was we had to go watch a show at a real improv theater mm-hmm. uh, in L.A. And so... I had actually not, you know, quite like I, I often will do, I'll procrastinate and not consider uh, the time it's actually going to take and planning to do a sort of assignment. And long story short is that I tagged along with a couple of people to go see Sentimental Lady in October of 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember seeing uh, you and Mel and Susie, and I'm pretty sure like, Todd and Berg must have been there too. And Johnny was there for sure. Just basically, you know, basically the entirety of Sentimental Lady. Uh, and it was, uh, yeah, one of the old Saturday night shows where yeah. uh, I think, I can't remember the exact subject, but I just remember being blown away. Uh, and then so when I came to the theater, I actually ended up, uh, my first class I took when I was in 101, ended up going to see Convoy regularly and last day of school. Mm-hmm. Um so a uh, long-winded s- surprise and that I didn't really give you anything to react to. But so I guess I've been seeing you do improv for uh, too long at this point. Was that – was Sam Lee still doing the thing where we had people in the audience bring items in? That might have been – was that what yes. we were doing? And yes. I don't know – I mean there's a chance you could remember this. Uh, someone brought in like a painting that was like – I don't know if it was scary or what it was or if it was like of a woman, but – it ended up being, I don't, I, again, I don't even remember what ended up playing out, but someone I think brought in like a big painting, <laughs> which yeah. was really funny. Uh, that show was always, I still think that was a fun idea of like people like bringing interesting things you found. Uh, and when people would do it, it was like, this is great. But also yes. then like pretty quickly we were like, we're forcing people to like lug shit that's normally <laughs> trash into this comedy show. Yeah. So like half the time people would be like, I've got gum in my purse and we'd be like, yeah, okay, we'll use gum. Uh, yeah. And so eventually we had to like stop doing that show because it was like, this is asking too much of people who just want to come to see a show to be like, walk around on the streets, find something and yes. then bring it into this weekly comedy show. And, and hope we pick on you. And, and yeah, like for like that would, that would be really funny if someone, you know, really gave some thought to it, brought it in and doesn't get called on. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but anyway, uh, 
That's, I mean, that's how I know you, Gruden. You, I, I ended up taking a class with you years ago, and then I mm-hmm. think you actually filled in for Jess Eason on a class I did as well, one of the last ones I took. But um, you do stuff outside of improv. What do you want to share with the listener about who you are, anything you do? Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I'm a writer and director, and I've directed a bunch of stuff on various, uh, at this point, probably failed streaming services that no longer <laughs> exist, um, and some uh, the Adult Swim type things, and uh, 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 and then I'm, I'm, I've got a four-year-old who's great. Uh, and th- th- those are like the, the, the big things, you know, a lot of, uh, uh, uh you know, pre pandemic working shows like children's hospital and mm. Julian dollar properties, which is a, a show I'm still really yes. proud of and that no one watched, um, cause it was on CISO. Yes. Uh, never forget. Never forget CISO. Uh, CISO, CISO should have worked. I've come around on CISO. I used to make fun of it. Now I'm like, no, that was a good idea. It should have worked. Yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah, if it could have had a different fate. I don't know. Coming out now, uh, who's to say? Um, but yeah, Bajillion is just so so dang funny, and I'm sure some listeners of this show have seen that. Um, well, very cool. You know, you're. You, I've, but I've also brought you know brought you on, of course, to actually talk about video games today. Mm-hmm. So before we get into you know your personal uh, history with games, would you please uh, introduce what you've brought on today and call me by your game? course um the game i've brought today is uh 2000s diablo 2 which happens to be my favorite video game of all time awesome uh well i'm really excited about that i i think i maybe even had mentioned to you and if i hadn't this will be news uh i don't ask people to necessarily bring on their favorite game but sometimes what they bring on uh is their favorite game because it's tied to a specific you know time in their life so I'm really excited to get into that later. But as far as your general history with video games, uh, when did you first take an interest in games or were they something that were just around uh, at a certain point? When I was a kid, I remember, I don't remember how old I was, but I was, I was like a kid. I was young and I got like a NES. Nice. Um, and it would have been, I guess, maybe like 1985, 1986. Like I was probably like five or six and I got mm-hmm. one. I remember, you know, like getting those cartridges that's where i started playing and like having games you know i'd play mario and tetris and that sort of stuff and then like we'd get games for mainly for christmas mm-hmm. or birthday was where i would get these games and like it would range from like games that were like really fun to like just the worst games in the world like, <laughs> like the nes ghostbusters game or yeah. the original ninja turtles game which just absolutely blow um and uh, uh and i would kind of play them indiscriminately like i would go into mm-hmm. the place to the uh video store and rent games too um but it was like i would just sort of like play any game um and then you know i eventually got a uh a, a genesis which i played a bunch and I, nice. I chose genesis over super nintendo because i wanted mortal Kombat with the blood oh yeah um, don't want the whatever the green goo is no, no thanks i wanted i was i was you know it was probably like 12 years old. I need, I was old enough to handle some spines. And you've uh, classically been a bloodthirsty person in yeah, your life, Yeah, absolutely. Correct? That's all I want. It's like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like things where you don't see people really get dismembered. That's kind of my vibe. Mm. Um, <laughs> and then I kind of like, after like that era, I didn't really, uh, we, we had like Nintendo 64 and I'd, I'd play some stuff, but like I never, I, I've been for a long time 
a more like passive video game player. Yeah. I, I haven't ever been like super, 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 super into it since I was a kid. I'll have games I really like playing and I'll play them until I'm done. I almost never finish a game. Um, and uh, uh, in college, I kind of started playing again and playing more when I would like live with roommates and we would play together and uh, eventually I get like a PlayStation playing Grand Theft Auto and all that sort of stuff. But it, it's always kind of been a very much a, um, a, 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 I don't know a better word than like a, a, a passive interest. that's like very yeah. specific on, oh, this game appeals to me and I'm going to be all in on this game for a little while until I'm done. And then I go, oh, okay. And then I'll sometimes just go like a long time without playing another game until a new yes. one pops up and I'm excited about it. Totally. Uh, that, I mean, that really helps, you know, paint a picture of, you know, what your historical relationship has been like with games. Sometimes when I have people who have uh, problems like me, where they have made a video games, a whole, you know, fraction of their personality, I'll often ask when, have you ever had a dark period when you took a big break or you weren't really playing games or, and then there's normal people like you who just, you know, They'll have an interest in a game and then they won't play for a while. So that yeah. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you uh, when you look back on like your history with games in general, um, do you have a console or like a system that was uh, that I guess hit you at the perfect time or was like your fa- personal favorite looking back? There is the, like the nostalgia lens of the original Nintendo, yeah. right? Like, I, I feel like, and this probably, like, moves with generations as well, like, that, I feel like you're always chasing the dragon of, well, that's what I played when I was six years old. Yes. And I was mm-hmm. blown away that the Bionic Commando could shoot a claw. Like, that blew my <laughs> mind. Uh, yeah. You know, like, so you're always chasing that. But it was because I was a, you know, small child with a mushy brain. Like, the yes. <laughs> uh, time that was, uh, you know, there's a couple little pockets. I, I remember getting a PlayStation, I guess, two in college in the early 2000s and playing a bunch in like my dorm room and play, playing that a bunch. And that was yeah. like, that was probably a peak for me because also it was corresponding with the time when I could do that. And we could just sit around and play Soul Calibur 2 for hours on end yeah. and, and, and be stoned at four in the morning. Um, but honestly, long-winded ramp up to this of like i have a switch now and i mainly play on my switch because i have a four-year-old yes and if the tv is on and she's up there's nothing you can do to get her to not stare (laughs) at it yeah uh and then once she's in bed i'm not gonna like commandeer the tv for my wife deborah and be like you have to watch me play something on this (laughs) screen so the switch i can play my i can play whenever i want kind of like subtly and i love that um and you know, since I had my daughter four, year, four and a half years ago, that has become like, I've grown incredibly fond of it because it allows me to play a lot in a way that I, I wouldn't necessarily, and to pick it up, put it down yeah. without it being a whole rigmarole. Totally. I've heard of many, either people with responsibilities uh, like that or not huge pockets of time, or specifically parents who have really enjoyed the Switch and then... Yep. Uh, now some people even have the Steam Deck. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's sort yeah. of the the Steam PC version of Switch. Uh, that's cool. Well, I've got more questions for you. Uh, what's like a Switch game that you've played uh, that has uh, impacted you or that you've really enjoyed? 
Uh, uh, what have I really enjoyed? Um, I bet we'll talk about it later. I really enjoyed Hades. On oh, Switch. nice. Um, that was like very much my speed, and and as we talk about Diablo, like there's there's certainly shared DNA there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing um, Northgard. I think it's called little okay. Viking. It's like you know, little command and conquery, except Vikings wandering yeah. around. Um, they're like it's, and that's been like a, a recent very fun. I went through a very brief and very weird last year, uh, like Fortnite kick after having never played that. Like yes, where inexplicably, a bunch of people that we all know were like, "What if we just play Fortnite a lot for two months?" Yeah, uh, and that was like a blast for a while because it was also still sort of pandemic-y times and it was like oh this feels like I'm seeing a friend totally uh, even though we are not seeing each other and like that was I, I, I think of that fondly uh, yes. uh, as as well and then now that I'm kind of out and seeing people again I kind of fell by the wayside yeah that's kind of that was what that space was filled for me by Fall Guys if you've mm-hmm. ever heard of that game we would specifically there was like a huge period from when it came out i think in summer of 2020 through maybe even summer of 2021 where we would my group of friends would hop on zoom and just play for an hour and then be like all right that's all the social interaction i can handle but it's i really did need it um were you playing with happened to be playing with uh uh zach oyama and mackie at all a little bit I play with them, yes. or like Siobhan and them, and there's like Alex Berg, and then I've got some other like outside UCB. Like I've got a friend who lives in Spain, and that was a way we would play oh, cool. sometimes when, when the, that brief window where our uh, uh, time zones aren't insane to each other, we yes. would like hop on, and Jason Green, and um, we would all kind of play, and like Anne Lane would play with us and stuff. Uh, very fun. And it was it was very fun. Like often I would just we we wouldn't even zoom. We would just have it be like, hey, we're all just FaceTiming audio and just have yeah. our phones there, and it would be mainly be like quiet muttering, <laughs> like barely yes. dying. Be like, oh okay, <laughs> like just like that. Like it's so silent. It keeps you like, totally. oh nice, and then that or yeah. someone like yelling at their significant other to to answer a question. Yes, uh, it's it's so funny what especially during those the. More lonely, darker times, what even those small mutterings could just mean of like oh. hearing someone else around that you're not living with, I guess. And, and like, I know this is probably me projecting out, but also being like, even though I knew there was a pandemic and we couldn't see each other, there's still like that like dark voice in the back of your head being like, you know, you're not seeing anyone because they hate you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what's happening here. You understand that, right? Uh, and it was just nice to be like, oh, that's right. Yeah, I have friends. I have people yes. that enjoy being around me. That's very helpful for my mental health. Uh, demons for Fernie were learning, not just in the video game, but also, <laughs> also in your brain. Um, that's great. Uh, so uh, another question for you is uh, you talked about, you know, a portion of your video game history. Did you ever get into like motion games or the Wii or Xbox Connect? I don't know why I felt like asking you this, but uh, there it is. We had uh, uh, so there were a couple things. One, um, when Deborah, my wife, and I started dating, was right around then was like the year or two of Rock Band. Yes, um, yeah. and it was honestly kind of like a very easy like. Oh, we'll have people over to Deborah's house because she and her roommate had it, and we'll play rock band. That was like a easier than being like, "What do we do? Are we going to go out?" To, you know, like it was just yeah. like, "Hey, we'll all hang out." You're right, very like 
sad for someone in their early 30s to <laughs> need that. But still, that was, so that was like a big element. And then we had, when Alex Berg and I lived together, um, uh, he had a Wii uh, yes. uh, that we would play with. But like, honestly, we would largely play like Gradius, <laughs> like old, oh, really? the old games. Yeah, like it was, <laughs> there was some of that stuff that we would play like tennis and stuff, but not a ton. My mom got really into the Wii. She nice. was like, I want to play that. And so we got it for her one Christmas. And she would play like these like terrible third party fishing games. Incredible. It was yeah. just like she would just sit there and just like pretend to fish. And I, I like being like, this looks, she would love it. And I was like, this looks terrible to me. This looks like zero fun, but she would fucking love it. That's amazing. There is, uh, as I've, you know, accumulated far too much and useless in video game knowledge over the years, I've come to learn that the Wii was a console that there was so much of what they call shovelware that was just brought to it. That's like, that was, how can we make the laziest game possible, yeah. but integrate a, a little bit of motion control to make it feel in, more interesting than it is? Um, yeah. And uh, I can't I mean, I obviously don't want to speak on your mom's fishing game, but it's possible this fell into that category. It did seem, you know, what? it, it reminded me of like the days back in the CD-ROM era and like the late 90s and stuff where you mm -hmm. get like these CDs, like with some like magazine about com computer games yes. and be like, and here's all these free games. And they were just like, what? someone put yeah. 20 minutes into making this. This is terrible. Totally. Like it felt like one of those. There's a reason why it's free. Uh, yeah. Um, I also, I loved what you had to say about uh, just hearing you talk about Rock Band because, hey, that was such a specific time of all those, those like those music rhythm games. Uh, episode three of this show, Matt Apodaca came on to talk about one of the Guitar Hero games. So uh, we've been talking about those for a while, but also I just, I want to affirm that like having an activity is so helpful uh, in a social situation as opposed oh, yeah. to like just being like let's I mean don't get me wrong I love to just go to the bar and hang out with friends but um, ideally it is so nice to have like a game or something to play uh, we also like not to make this all pandemic talk but uh, uh, I, I play a decent amount of Dungeons and Dragons too and yes. uh, when lockdown hit when pandemic really happened the group that I had been playing monthly with which was alex berg and deborah and again jason green and marissa strickland and justin michael uh uh everyone's trapped in their house and we started playing weekly and there is uh f there are a few things i want to do less on this planet than be on the zoom without a reason like yes. <laughs> like I, I do not want eat with my most beloved friends and family i mm -hmm. do not want to be on a zoom and just chat um yeah. i'm bad at it I hate it. It makes me more uncomfortable than in-person stuff. Like, like I, I hate it. Um, but doing that and playing D&D &D on Zoom and like World 20 and stuff was spectacular because it had, there was a goal, there was a thing that we're doing and there was just a ton of like catching up and, and, and talking and the socializing. And it yeah. like saved, that also saved my brain. Like that felt wonderful because I didn't feel like, what are we doing? It's like, oh, but soon we're going to fight a beholder. And like, we know that. <laughs> and now we can just like chat about stuff as well. Like that was such a, a, a mental lifesaver. I can, I can imagine. Um, man, it's, there's something about, I don't know what it is. It's like, it's like there needs to be, it's like that place between just being somewhere with a person or in a situation. And then finally getting to that place where you realize you're not, at least for me, maybe I'm revealing too much about my psychosis, but 
you realize you're not thinking about what you should talk about or what to talk about. You're just in a conversation and activities like that are just are so helpful. It's all, oh, yeah. it's a great social lubricant. Um, and you, don't you, do you do a dungeon mastering as well? I mainly, do, yeah, I'm almost always a dungeon master. Yeah. Yes. I don't um, know if they call it dungeon mastering, but I just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That that's normally what I do. Because uh, 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 it's very fun and I, and I like doing it and also like, I don't mind doing it. Like, yes. like it's very fun to like sort of like create the stuff. Playing is also fun, but like this way, I'm like, great. I like doing it, so I know I can get these games up and running. Um, Absolutely. Uh, 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 but so like I've been that that with that group, I've been like DMing for since fifth edition came out, so like almost a decade. That's very fun. Have you? Do you all? Uh, not to get too in the weeds, but do you have you had like a campaign? Because I don't play D anD D, but I've always been fascinated by it from a distance. Do you have a the same campaign you've been doing? I'm curious. We did we did a campaign that ended in 2021. Cool. Um, that had been going for I think eight wow. years. It got from like level one to like level 16. It, it's it had been like monthly, and then this pandemic continued. It was going weekly, so it was like speeding up. Wow. Uh, and it, like the levels go from one to 20, and I was like, I could make it to 20, but also this feels like it's ending. Yeah. Uh, so we just wrapped up and with the same characters, a couple people died and had to roll new characters, but it was super fun. And then we played some other RPGs like Call of Cthulhu and stuff. And then now we're in another campaign where they're like level five that we've been playing since mm-hmm. uh, 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 last year. Um, and it's like very fun just to have these, you know, it, it's it's character improv as much as anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just occasionally with dice that tell you that you don't do what you think you want it to do. Yes. Uh, that's that's so cool. Uh, now it, I'm just imagining because I'm thinking about all the you know I'm sure millions of people who play D and D and how helpful it would be to have you know years of improv training or just like a background in it. I'm sure, of course, people make it work, but it's probably so helpful. Not just maybe I would assume not just in especially as a DM crafting. I don't know like a options or a story, but just like moment to moment, perhaps. Yeah, I think so, and I think also it's. I think there are a lot of people who are really into D&D that don't know they're doing improv, right? Like, mm-hmm. when you look at, like, how successful, like, Brennan is, Brennan Lee Mulligan. Yes. Uh, with his Dimension 20, which he, he largely DMs. Sometimes he, he's a player, but he, he's mainly the DM for them. And, you know, Brennan's a really good improviser and a really, really good DM. And if you watch what he does, he's just guiding improv scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he's just leading people in. And there's this fervent fan base um that like love that and i think it's he is almost stealthily tricking them into watching improv shows and totally like being like yeah yeah of course and there's fights and stuff but really it's about brennan doing scenes with oyama or siobhan or, or 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 whoever is in that season um and if you like stand them up off of the table and put them in a black box theater 90% 90% of it is the same. <laughs> 90% yes. of it remains the same. Yeah. Would do a lot for the uh, I don't like improv crowd, uh, possibly. Or people who, yeah, obviously it's like going to watch an improv show for some people is a nightmare uh, yeah. scenario. <laughs> so yeah, um, kind of it's kind of even just reminiscent of like having that sort of social lubricant to do something and or hang out with people. Um, yeah. Well, uh, we've got to talk about so much uh, – fun stuff of your just your general history with games but as we wrap this uh portion up i did want to uh, leave a second for you to share about is there any game or 
games are game singular that you would be remiss if you didn't uh, bring up today outside of Diablo 2 that mm. was uh, had been meaningful to you in your life? Uh, when I pitched you Diablo 2, there was another one from the same era that is meaningful, but Diablo 2 kind of trumps it a little bit for me, mm-hmm. but it is uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, oh my gosh, for the original PlayStation? Yeah, which oh, I cool. played almost every time they've reported it to something else. Yeah. Um, it is also one of my favorite games, and it is a game that is fascinating to me because when Alex Berg turned me on to it when we lived together, and I started playing, I was like, what is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is so goddamn confusing. I don't understand what's happening. And he had this like guide, like the, the guides they used to print mm-hmm. um, that helps you like know, like here's how the, the career trees like branch and stuff. Uh, and then something happened when I locked into that where I was like, oh, I love this game. Like this is, and now that is a game that I'm constantly chasing. Like anytime yes. a game comes out where I'm like, hey, this is kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics, like those fire and ice ones, which are like, what if, uh, or Fire Emblem. Uh, like I was just going to ask, yeah. yeah. And then, like those are, I'm like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, this is like, what if Tactics was very horny? And I don't know why, <laughs> but <Yes>. um, <laughs> like I'm always chasing Tactics, which I think did it the best. And it yeah. is like exactly what my brain wants out of a game like that. And kind of marries a little bit like elements of that game feel like D&D to me, even though it's not totally. like you can do anything, but like it does feel... There's like a sense of discovery in that game that most games would love to have. Like when you would be like, wait, what can I level this guy up into? I've never yes. seen this before. It was such a cool, it's such a cool thing. Um, so that was the first one that popped into mind. That's cool. Uh, well, I, I told you earlier that I'll have, uh, I'll, I'll specifically have three recommendations for you at the very end of the show based mm-hmm. on you bringing on Diablo, but I'll have Two more for you right now, just based on uh, what you just shared. And one is I'd recommend checking out the Tactics Ogre series if you mm-hmm. haven't. I th- have you played any of those before? I haven't played it. I've, I've heard of it. I was reading about it not long ago. Um, and then lastly, a game that just – I think they actually just had a remaster of, of one of them this last year. And then a brand new game um, that came out this last spring is called Sh- – Triangle Strategy. Yes. A boring name, but have you played this one? I've played stra- yeah, I've played it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. uh it was it was very fun. There, there's there's another weird bump that happens for me with um uh, uh games. I maybe talk about this a little bit with Diablo 2, but um uh and it is the uh intense resentment I feel when a cutscene shows up. Yes. <laughs> uh and once I got into Triangle Strategy, like, this is a blast. Yeah. And it really asks you to invest a lot of time in those early stages. Yes. Like, what is this political thing that's happening that has no bearing on what I'm about to do when yes. I play this game? I remember, like, going through that and being like, and then I got to it. I was like, oh, this is a blast. I'm having mm-hmm. so much fun with this. Does it? Does that game also, because I played another a game made by that same company a few years ago. Does it have the thing where there's the sort of nonsensical Britishisms in it as well? I don't remember. Hopefully Maybe. not. Yeah. Um, that was a big issue with a character in a – with characters oftentimes in these fantasy games. Uh, yeah. But um, anyway, um, Fernie, thank you so much for sharing about just your general history with games. That was really funny – or fun to hear, you know, what they've meant to you throughout your life. Uh But for now, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about all things Diablo 2. So I'll see you on the other side. 
Welcome back to Call Me By Your Game, of course, here with Alex Fernie to discuss Diablo 2. Uh, Fernie, welcome back. Thank you. Um, like I told you before the show, uh, before we get into your personal history and anything you'd like to share about what this game means to you uh, when you played it, we're going to go ahead and set the table for the listener and talk about just uh, what this game is. Um, and also, like I said, if you want to interrupt at any time or you'd like to include some context, feel free. Okay. All right. Otherwise, here I go uh, reading the description. So Diablo 2 is an action RPG hack and slash video game developed by Blizzard North and published by Blizzard Entertainment in 2000 for Windows, Classic Mac OS and Mac OS. Uh, The game, with its dark fantasy and horror themes, was conceptualized and designed by David Brevik and Eric Schaefer, who, with Max Schaefer, acted as project leads on the game. Uh, The producers were Matthew Householder, that feels like a fake name, uh, and Bill Roper. Uh, The game was developed over a three-year period with a crunch time of a year and a half. Uh, Set shortly after the events of Diablo, the player controls a new hero, attempting to stop the the destruction unleashed by Diablo's return. The game's five acts feature a variety of locations and settings to explore and battle in, as well as an increased cast of characters to play and interact with. Building on the success of its predecessor, Diablo, which came out in 1997, and improving the gameplay, both in terms of updated character progression and a better developed story, Diablo 2 is one of the most popular games of 2000 and has been cited as one of the greatest video games of all time. Uh, Major factors that contributed to the game's success include its continuation of popular fantasy themes from the previous game and its asset is access to Blizzard's free online play service, Battle.net. An expansion to the game, Diablo 2 Lord of Destruction, was released in 2001, and a sequel to the game, Diablo 3, was released on May 15th, uh, 2012, with eventually a, uh, a remastered version of this game, Diablo 2 Resurrected, uh, which came out uh, on September 23rd, 2021. Um that was a lot of information uh, about the game itself. Uh, but uh, is there anything that we should include about this game uh, that would be helpful, you know, jumping into your personal history and context? I think one, uh, you know, I, I think one of the key things just in, in terms of the game uh, uh, that is worth noting is like at that time, the constantly repopulating levels the 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 levels being different every time you play through it was yes. that's everywhere now uh and it was still uh, i think a significant novelty at the time to be able mm-hmm. to play this game that wasn't some sort of big multiplayer thing you know like and even if you did play multiplayer um you know i uh, also growing up would play like doom and quake and stuff yeah and when multiplayer came up that it was great until you're like oh there's so many people here who are so much better than me at this <laughs> and they they know these levels inside and out and like that multiplayer element of diablo kind of fixed that by being like you can't really um and it was like fairly smart so like that was like a big part of the appeal for me at the time uh and you know, I also really, I got, I really got into Diablo, the first one, 
Oh, um, cool. In 96 or 7, whenever that came out, when I, I guess it was middle school, maybe, or high school. Um, and I really liked that game. Uh, and then so when Diablo, and I, I remember, I think I got it at CompUSA, one of the oh, big nice. box stores, yes. uh, RIP. Uh, and then in 2000, Diablo 2 came out, I think the month I graduated high school. Wow. Um, and so I basically got it and played it and played on my whatever, you know, shitty sort of like Windows laptop uh, and brought it with me to college. Nice. Um, on, you know, this, I think I actually honestly still have the jewel case for the, the CD somewhere. Oh, awesome. Uh, and uh, so it came with me to school to college yeah um and where i would like play it in my dorm room and, and, and stuff like that and it was great that also corresponded to like going the internet quality i had at college was leaps and bounds above yes what i had in my house in the late 90s uh and so there's a lot of things factoring in there to be like hey this is the right game for this right time for you alex fernie yeah, more of a whatever the inverse of a perfect storm is, or maybe just a good a perfect storm yeah. you want to be in, I guess. Yeah, yeah, a positive perfect storm. Uh, that's that's so much fun. So you know, uh, you've given us a little preview already, but getting into you know you you playing this game, you played the first Diablo. Mm -hmm. um, do you anything you want to share about you know your experience with that first one or what you enjoyed that caused you to? Uh, you know, at least stick around and want to play the second. It is a uh, part of it was at that at that time too. Like that, the game is uh, based on what I said about Mortal Kombat too. This may seem like oh gosh, I love gore, but like it is <laughs> it is dark and like gory, and there's lots of like people cut in half, just like laying around in the background. Yeah. Um, uh, and as a kid, as like middle school or whatever, uh, I think I was like. Yeah, yeah, man, that's fucking cool. <laughs> uh, but it also never got. There was a li there's a little bit of a cartooniness to it, mm -hmm. um, which was appealing. Like it, it, it's almost like a Ronis Bosch painting. Like as as you descend down into hell, and so it was never that sort of like dire, depressing, dark. And I think I really sure. liked that. And I liked the as a kid talking about Dungeons and Dragons again. I'd see the ads for Dungeons and Dragons like on the back of like comic books and stuff. And I desperately wanted to play it and had no one to play it with. Yeah. Um, and this kind of scratched that itch a little bit of being like, oh, you can be this class and this class and you can level up and you can go different ways. That kind of triggers my like collecting brain. Yeah. And I liked that. And then when Diablo 2 came out, it did literally everything better. <laughs> yes. It looked better. The, the classes were more varied and did more fun stuff. They really nailed the random loot element of it like mm -hmm. that would then turn into like the monstrous like loot drop mobile game thing like yes. they just took that but on in diablo 2 you own the game so it's it's fun now totally um and i remember when diablo 2 came out being like oh yeah everything it, it's everything i liked about diablo plus a bunch more that's better that's great i i doing a little research Having almost no experience outside of actually when the remaster came out watching – or not the remaster, but I think Blizzard at some point in the last couple of years released like a playable version of this again mm -hmm. or – anyway, yeah. I watched a few friends stream it. So that was kind of my only 
like actual visual context for this game. And, you know, the past couple of days doing research for this episode, I got to see, you know, the jump from the 1997 first game to this second one. And uh, at first watching video of the first one, I was like, oh, I, this looks exactly like what I remember the second one looking at. And then when I actually saw footage, yeah, it is a, a nice improvement. Yeah, it's remarkable. And you remember it because, like, there's no complaints about – and again, it's 1997, but there's no complaints about that first one. And then just the smoothness and mm-hmm. the amount of detail in that second one, especially at that time for me, was like, oh, this is a huge jump. You know, like, yes. this is, like, really feel like a lot of quality of life improvements. And I was never a guy who was like, I've got a gaming computer. You know, it was always uh-huh. like, this is just a computer I have and I play games that won't make it explode on it. <laughs> um, so, like, I'm sure there are plenty of people who are, like, really into gaming. It was like, oh, yeah, that's nothing. But for me, it was like, this is so much more fun and so much. And then the different levels. In the first one, you're basically going down into hell. Mm-hmm. And in the second one, it's, like, distinctly different biomes that you make your way through. That's cool. Huge, varied monsters that you fight um they again spawn randomly some of which are fucking infuriating um (laughs) and like that was just like really fun and really cool and again it was the it i always want a game i can put down yeah um and once diablo more or less does this but it still has this little bit of like penalty of like you're gonna have to explore it again. If you don't finish this this floor, yes, you're gonna have to do it again. So like <laughs> it was this perfect mix of like, oh yeah, okay, I gotta find the portal before I can put this down. Otherwise, I'm going through all of this again. Um, but while still being like, you don't have to spend six hours on it. Yeah, it, uh, and now it's such a thing that we're used to. I mean, you were talking a lot about you know that being a huge appeal of the Switch and mm-hmm. and just modern games in general, but. Yeah, back then, that's almost like a nice little half step uh, to yeah. that. I My parents will still make fun of me uh, because growing up, I would be playing a game and they it would either be time to stop or to go somewhere, whatever. And they, to this day, will repeat back to me, uh, I don't have a save point or I can't save <laughs> it yet. And, <laughs> and so, like, I totally know what it's like to uh, be in that situation where either you have to put put something down or or aren't able or maybe aren't even able yeah. to and it's as a kid or just someone playing a game so frustrating especially back in the day yeah 100 percent. and in when i was really playing diablo 2 was in college i went to vassar college and again i keep mentioning him but i went to school with alex berg yes um, that's, that's where we met in todd fasten um and you know diablo 2 is a game that i played for years Mm-hmm. like years and years and like when they relaunched it i came so close to rebuying it and they yeah when they did that and they just happened to do it right at that same time where blizzard was doing everything wrong and i was like I'm yes not gonna give them my money yeah um, <laughs> otherwise i would have played through diablo 2 multiple more times because it, it like hasn't gotten old for me it's still mm-hmm. like very fun it's this like perfect mix of like you're smashing buttons, but there's this design to like creating these characters and creating these classes and figuring out their powers and going up mm-hmm. to the tree that is deeply appealing. In in college, when in our senior year, I lived 
with uh, Alex Berg, who you know, and with my friend Jeff Roman, who you don't know. Um, and like we would basically do like land parties with Diablo 2 oh, wow. in our house uh, four years after it came out, which again, that's like a for a game that isn't living, you know, like that isn't Fortnite, that isn't constantly changing. That's pretty good. Yeah. Truly. Um, and, you know, when we moved out here, Alex Berg and I, there were times where like, should we? Should we play Diablo 2? And then we would do it again in our apartment. Oh my and just like kind of play through. Um, and like that's what I associate with so much of like those those years of college and then early 20s years playing this game that was incredibly fun, like challenging enough without being annoying. Uh, and uh, uh, was like social, but without needing to be, right? Like, yes. Where I could be like, I'm just going to go play Diablo 2 and just run around and do it myself. Or it'd be like, do we want it? We can play both. And it juggled both. And that's like a sweet spot for me. That's great. Uh, so, so you know, having the, it could be a fun single player experience, but also something shared is what you meant by that. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I think so. Yeah. And because uh, I, I, in general, I know you said before I was playing Fortnite, but like, um, there, I, I'm not a huge like multiplayer game like mm-hmm. I, I i often i don't want like i just would rather sit down and play a game totally. um on my own uh very antisocial in that way so as stuff started that kind of distanced me from video games in general stuff started to move towards so online and so multiplayer i stopped playing a lot mm-hmm. um and then at the same time similarly like i mentioned that before like again video games are a still such a new art form that's fascinating and is going to define an era. Um, and also I've never once cared about the story of any video game I've ever played, <laughs> not even like a tiny little bit. Yeah. Um, and there's so many, especially like AAA games that come out now where like, I know everyone loves last of us. I get it. I got an hour into it and I was so annoyed about how much of a bad movie I had to watch at the yeah. top of that game. I never went back to it. Yeah. Um, and like Diablo does this thing where it like is like, eh, this story, right? There's a demon coming and this guy might be doing it. And like you watch these little cutscenes that are short, kind of before every act. And then you run around and Deckard Kane goes, stay a while, listen, and gives you information. And like that element of like, the way they would dole out information sometimes within the game, I responded to in a way that I never do when it's some like elite bat- battle angel talking at me in a way that I'm like, just make the movie, you know? Yeah, totally. Uh, there is definitely something to, uh, or an appeal to a way that a game can, I guess, dole out its information or its story or, or character information to you. Um, that's not, Hey, watch our mocap cutscene. That don't get me wrong. For me, I can really get into that. And then there's sometimes where it it's just not something I want to interact with. I go through waves. Um, yeah. So I, I totally I tend understand to, like, that. I'm very grumpy on it, and, and like I tend to be the way I process it for whatever reason, and I'm probably very wrong. Um, is like I I don't consider cutscene part of the game i consider it a bad movie that i'm stuck watching to get to the thing i want to do which is play a video game um and i'm kind of resented whenever it's like well if you can't tell the story in the gameplay and i'm even fine with text on like then 
I don't know, like, then I, I just can't lock into it whatsoever. Um, which is uh, uh, frustrating because so many games I would like like to play, I'm like, oh, no, I can tell. I can tell that there's going to be a robot telling me stuff. Yeah, I see what you're doing here. Uh, yeah. uh, very cool. I, I want to dig into, um, you know, this, ta- this many years of you and Bergen, whoever really, uh, uh, I think you said Jeff, playing this game, um, over at least I th- you at least said four years uh one question i have if you remember is do you remember if at all anything changed of what it was like to play together at first to um maybe in those later days whether it be like oh we have this really honed in or this is how we play it now yeah it was um when I would first play, I was playing like on my own, you know, um, and then when we kind of, when we moved in together and we realized we all ha- we all liked it, then we were like, OK, we'll play it together. And that in college was also like I was working on my thesis. We had a lot of downtime. We yeah. had a lot of classes because we we're doing like our sort of like senior year, like stuff that we had to do. Um, so we had a lot of time to just like sit and do this in our own individual rooms, like yelling out at one another, <laughs> like, like, oh, you can take that. Um and I can see that Berg. It's not even a Berg character. This is a true Berg thing, but I can just see Berg doing that so easily. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, and then when I moved out here, you know, it it was based a lot around downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, in college, I know I personally, when I had downtime, I had nothing to do. Like, which sounds redundant, but I think a lot of times, like when you do have downtime, there's other stuff you could be doing as responsibilities. And like in my early 20s, as a working a shitty job and uh, doing improv at night and stuff. When I had downtime, it's not like I had money to go do other things. Yeah. So like it became the sort of like, oh yeah, well we can play video games in general. And we can play this and we can put this time in because this is basic, more or less a free thing to do. Yeah. That is fun and eats up time and is, is, something we can kind of like do together and still feels like you're doing something right. Yes. As opposed to just like sit and watch TV or whatever. There's something more active to it than that. Um, and so like, I think that kind of shifted. And then even now, like I've played Diablo three within the past year. Okay. Um, and Diablo three is also fun. It's not as good as Diablo two, but it's, it's fun and good. And I have my switch. Um, but even now when I, when I play those games, there is that, I know I said, like, oh, I like being able to put it down. But Diablo 2, you could also sit and play for four hours. You could yes. just power, play, 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 play. Uh, and, like, that is probably gone from my life until retirement. Yeah. I've <laughs> uh, got a kid. It's just not happening. Um, and, like, that is something I associate with, like, a little bit of time where all I had was, all I had to do was, Try to make sure I could pay rent, do an obscene number of improv shows, mm-hmm. and then like dick around and do that. That's great. Uh, that's that's so fun to hear about that change too. Um, I want to get into some like game detail stuff, especially as someone who hasn't like really played it. Do did you or do you have a certain class that you like to play as? Do you like to bounce around? I bounce around like whenever I play that, I try to like pick up and do something different. Yeah. Um, in general, I've noticed that like a lot of times when I play games like that, 
Um, those are like fantasy games. I end up weirdly like leaning towards like I'll be like the barbarian or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Someone that's just like tough that just like wades into it. Um, but you know that game, those classes are like really distinct and played differently. So mm. I've played through them all, even when the the expansion the lords of destruction i think it was called and they introduced like a, a druid character and a, an assassin character and yes like, i played through with all those uh but like my go-to i think was probably there's like this paladin who has like auras who runs around and he's kind of hard to kill but like when you play with other people like bird jeffrey i love to be a paladin because then it boosts them and oh, you like cool. run around and it's like a very fun sort of character but the flashiest uh is also there's like a sorcerer character that can, you know, it's all the magic stuff and you can be like, it's an ice one or a fire one or this or that. And like, that's also very fun. Just like rain down spells on like a horde of enemies in a room. Uh, And I can picture those spell effects so clearly of like a spinning ice orb that shoots out these little daggers. Like they're little, little like elements of that game that are so burned into my brain of like, Mm -hmm. yeah, that particular ice spell or there are these little like, in the third act, you're in a jungle and there's these little like fetish dolls that attack you. And when they mm-hmm. die, they do this little weird shake and like that. And like some of the little like dialogue snippets are just like they're in here forever. Yes, I'm, I can relate to that so much. Like you talking about speci- like a specific animation and how that's sort of mm-hmm. characterized or even uh, like uh, maybe some dialogue. Like I think about movies and games, well, movies that I've seen, shows too, and games that I've played throughout my life. And there's stuff that I, that is still some, for some awful reason, top of mind at all times, that is probably, I could probably be using for much more valuable information to have ready to go. Um, But it sounds like it's sort of a similar thing uh, for you in this, in this. If someone says the phrase like stay a while, like I I go to like in both those first Diablos, this (laughs) Decker Kane character goes stay a while and listen. And you would hear that so many times over the course of the game because he would identify stuff for you and, uh he would just say that and like that is as probably more than any movie line of dialogue i've ever heard is just something i think about all the time and like we're like i think there's that very famous cow level uh oh i've heard of this like moo farm where you have to like combine this dead child's wooden leg and another item and opens a portal to a place where you kill a bunch of demon cows and like i think about that all the time it's just like will <laughs> pop into my head of like yeah you gotta go kill the cow king uh and also you know 2000 2001 um the video game culture was different uh and even though all the information you need is online it's 2000 2001 online so you still have to put in some work to be yes. like i've heard about this cow thing how do i do it and you'd have to go find it online. Like now yeah. it's one Google away. Then it was like a, a Yahoo Ask Jeeves cow level Diablo question mark, which would lead you to some message board where you have to like wade through Nazis yelling at each other. to get to, <laughs> Oh, OK. This is how you get to the cow level. Um, Literally doing your own dungeon crawl through a forum. Yeah. Post. Just never know what horrible thing you're going to see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's that's so much fun. Um, I want to uh, dive into some some different details uh, about um, about like the game itself, but also you know your 
time playing with the friends. Well, f- first, let's start with, can you scene paint for me? Um, maybe the most memorable place since you played it over years, maybe this final house where you guys would play together. What, what maybe your room looked like or your setup was? Yeah. So like we, you know, at, at Vassar where we went to school, most people like lived on campus all four years in Poughkeepsie. There's not a ton of like, it's not like a city like New York where you like, and you go get an apartment or whatever. Um, so that senior year I moved in with, um, Berg and my friend Jeff and our friends, Caroline and Allison, and they had these, like, they're called the THs, the townhouses, and they mm-hmm. were dilapidated houses built around this <laughs> cul-de-sac on campus, um, that each had five bedrooms, uh, that students would go live in the year after we moved out. I graduated in 2004, mm-hmm. the, the, the administration made a real strategic error in announcing beforehand that they would be fully renovating all of these houses the year after in 2005. Oh no. <laughs> and I don't know how they, I don't know who fucked up and let that out because if you tell a bunch of like 20 and 21 year olds, uh, basically you are not responsible for anything done <laughs> to this house, assuming it's still standing at the end then it's going to be and so like this place didn't get better while we lived in there because it was like everything's got the rugs getting pulled up we would we uh (laughs) there was a period of time where you couldn't with these little you know those little bottle rockets that are like this big and they Mm. just go off and they go bang and that's all they do yes somehow we got our hands on a bunch of those and would shoot them off inside the house (laughs) this is a bad (laughs) idea no one should do it and that escalated to uh at a certain point, I realized they were they would water wouldn't put them out, so you would shoot them under the bathroom door if someone was taking a shower. <laughs> it, it, I mean, like it's insane. No one yes. got severely hurt. Um, so you'd have to like that. That that was the vibe of this house. It was like dangerous and trashed and destroyed and all the secondhand furniture. Berg lived on the first floor, and then the other four bedrooms were on the the second floor. Um, and so like I would be in my room with my little shitty, like college assigned bed and mm-hmm. some, probably some posters on the wall. I think it's probably like talking heads and uh Rushmore or something like that. Yeah. And then I had this like laptop that I had somehow broken the screen on and couldn't afford to get fixed. So I bought oh, a no. cheap monitor. So it was a laptop hooked up to a monitor that I couldn't Amazing. take anywhere. <laughs> um, and everyone's hooked into the ethernet. Yeah. Uh, and we would play in there like yelling up and down the stairs to each other. And it was this kind of like, as an adult nightmare, as a, (laughs) you know, 21 year old, it was great because there were all these houses and you would kind of just like wander into other people's houses to say hi. And it was like very social in that way. And it was nice. And you would see people all the time. Um, And it was like a very kind of like open neighborhoody feel Mm -hmm. just for people who were at the worst age any human being ever is, which is just (laughs) legal to drink. Um, And so like that was kind of the world where we would play and people would like come in and people would hang out downstairs and on the couch and stuff. And uh, so like it had this kind of like open door in and out sort of feeling to it, even while we were playing, like that's kind of a feeling that I, I associate strongly with playing this game at this time period. That's a uh, that's amazing. That there's some really fun details uh, details looking back there. Um, 
Well, I, as we sort of, you know, wrap up this, this time, I, I have one more specific question for you before I have you wrap up, which is, do you have, and, and no is a perfectly fine answer. Do you ever, is there like a moment of playing this game with these friends or another time in your life that really sticks out? Um, I know that, you know, because the game, you know, sort of randomly generates levels or this maybe, and I don't think the scenarios, but that might be hard to pick, but does any moment stick out playing this game specifically, or is it just mostly broad stuff? Uh, you know, it is, and I think this is pretty common with like, you know, your World of Warcraft and sort of stuff. Like there were versions of it that amounted to like, okay, we're building up to fight Diablo or, or Ball or one of these big bosses or Mephisto or whatever. Um, and it was like, okay, we would, you know, you'd swap gear, figure out what you want to do and kind of come up with a plan and then go in and do it. Uh, and there aren't like, oh, and here's a specific thing with the punchline, but like, there are times like I can remember the ball be like, when it goes bad, you know, like, okay, I'm teleporting back to town. I'll be right back. You know, like that sort of like it, it, what it felt like because we were all in our rooms doing this basically land party is it felt like when you i couldn't see them when you play with headphones online with people except we are all together yes like it was kind of like the pluses of both mm -hmm. of being like oh it's fun just to hear people and then but be living on the screen right um uh but still be able to hear everybody react and what they're doing and go like like that's so fun so it had this kind of like weird hybrid of like we're all playing together but we're also in our own separate pods Yes. And that would come out the most when you're like fighting some boss. It just is like, shit, I put all my points into ice and this one just, you know, manifested with like ice resistance. I'm useless. I'm, yeah. I, I'm useless. <laughs> uh, and, and, and dealing with that. That's so much fun. Um, is there, is there anything, any detail about the game or your experience that you haven't got to share today that you'd like to? The, I have a like real, like, given carte blanche, I have, like, a real, like, collector uh, element to it. And I yes. fight it um, because it's bad. <laughs> it's a waste of <laughs> money and time. Uh, um, but, like, I really like to just sort of, like, collect things. And that game did a great job because of the randomized loot sort of situation and the fact that you could turn it into other different types of loot. I think that is like so wonderful and like the feeling of getting like a green item which is like a like a unique item that like you can't get elsewhere was that's another one of those like dragon chasing things of like yeah. that game for whatever reason really nailed that I was like oh my god this is exactly what I need I'm this is incredible mm -hmm. I feel like so I, I it felt like you achieved something yeah um and like it is it was almost like the last ship out before everyone realized you could monetize the fuck out of that. Yeah. Right? Like, it's a game you owned, and you just play it, but it still did that thing that every predatory game does without being predatory. Yeah. You know? Um, and, like, I, I I think that's part of why I look at it fondly of being like, yeah, oh, that's right. There, there was a chance. There was a time. Yeah. <laughs> There was a time before capitalism ruined it for all of us. Yeah. Uh, where you could do that sort of fun, like, you know, I, I, we talked about the top, but like playing Marvel Snap kind of gets close to that too because it doesn't gouge you. There's a zillion fake 
currencies in it, but like you just play it and you unlock more stuff. Yeah. And it does that and you don't have to pay anything. Um, and like that is like when a game can tap into that and not make me feel like Candy Crush, you yes, know, like, like yeah. then it feels good to me. Um, very fun. Well, you know, before we head into the, the post show segments that I have prepared for you, would you do me a favor and just, uh, wrap up and put a bow on what place this game holds for you? Yeah. So like, I think, uh, you know, Diablo two is the game that has probably been with me consistently the longest, my whole adult life. I've been playing some version. I'm going to include Diablo three in it cause it was so similar, but like, like I never got sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think that's one of the reasons I hold it in such high esteem was like, it's not just the nostalgia of being like 21 baby. And I don't, I'm writing about <laughs> the wigs and I'm playing Diablo two. Like it is still something that has kind of like stuck with me all the way through, um, in both like aesthetic and gameplay that like I, I, I truly still love. So it, it remained with me as I've aged as something that I still really enjoy. And, you know, there's not a lot that can do that even devoid of the devoid of this nostalgia, right? Like I'll play Super Mario Brothers 3 sometimes because I'm like, this is fun, right? But like I cannot separate that from being like seeing the wizard and being like, it's a real game, you know, like (laughs) around the the playground. But Diablo 2, I can still fully play it on its own merits now and Mm. enjoy it. And I think that's, so like it triggers fun memories, but also stands on its own. And I think that's like, I think that's a remarkable achievement. That's really great. Well, Fernie, thank you so much for bringing this game on uh, and calling me by your game, so to speak, and talking about Diablo 2. This has been so much fun. Pleasure. Um, I do have two fun post-show segments for you uh, before we go, the first of which is the Fact Me by Your Game segment, and that's where I just share fun facts with my guests about the game they brought on. Um, I pulled these two facts from a YouTube video uh, from a channel called Leaderboard, uh, and the the video is called Leaderboards 107 Diablo Facts You Should Know. So it's like a 30-minute video I just turned Real quick, did you watch today. all 107 facts? I actually did, and I never do this. Because <laughs> uh, I think it helped that he lists them so fast. But I did have to get about uh, probably a th- halfway through the video for, for it to even touch on Diablo 2. So I was okay. like, I was like, oh, whatever. Um, uh, anyway, the first fact I have uh, for you, I have titled... I see developer people. Uh, and the basically what it is is um, the Act 4 cinematic, and you were talking about cinematics that play throughout this game. Um, this one was the final one to be completed um, for the game, mostly due to the developers, I guess, deciding which demons should be featured in it. Uh, and during that cinematic, uh, players can see the uh, portal to hell. Uh, and the graphic of what I can just describe as like souls or something sort of being mm-hmm. sucked into hell uh, actually featured the faces from several of the development staff that huh. I guess they must have taken pictures of or something. Yeah. Um, do you remember this specific cutscene at all? You know, there are so many portals to hell in the Diablo <laughs> games. <laughs> it's that hard to say if I'm remembering that particular portal to hell. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, well, well, thanks for thanks for trying on that. Anyway, sure. um, the the second one I have for you, I have uh, uh, expand again 
Uh, now, Diablo 2 was actually planned to have a second expansion that was focused more on expanding the game's multiplayer features, uh, including adding guild halls for players to hang out in before they head out on adventures. Uh, however, this would eventually be scrapped in favor of focusing on their efforts on Diablo 3, which strangely wouldn't come out uh, until 12 years after Diablo 2's debut. So I think that probably had I remember... Had a- the like on like message boards and stuff like yeah. reading about the second expansion oh, coming wow. out and being really excited about it and being really bummed and disappointed as it became more and more clear it was never coming out yes um because eventually i think they said like yeah we're not doing it anymore and i remember the disappointment of that because the first expansion which is like act five is great yeah it's really fun hey what now there's snow love it um and the being really bummed that they they weren't going to do that but at the time being like well, that's okay. We'll get Diablo 3 soon. <laughs> Cut to like a decade later. And Truly. I'm, you know, like, oh, okay. Well, now we get it. Yeah. Uh, t- totally several like phases of your life different. Um, yeah. Fun. Different coast. Everything about it different. Gosh. Well, that'll do it for the Fact Me By Your Game segment. And it'll lead us into the final one, the game recommendations. Now, Fernie, this is my one forced tie-in to the movie Call Me By Your Name, which this show is named after. And I'm going to treat... Diablo 2 as your passionate summer love in Italy, uh, mm-hmm. to which, of course, you're eventually going to have to break from. So these three recommendations are potential new flings for you that have something in common with Diablo 2. Because, I, 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 you know, in real life, a little familiarity goes a long way when looking for, uh, for someone new or whatever situation someone's in. So I've got three for you today. And the first one is uh, if you'd like to descend further into hell, die, rinse, repeat in an action RPG, I'll recommend a game you brought up like so early in this, and that's Hades uh, from 2020. Um, Did you spend a decent amount of time with that one too? Yeah, I did. Hades, I I really liked Hades, and I've been going like, I should pick Hades up again. Um, Because it did feel like a lot of the, it felt like Diablo plus some humor. Yes. Um, And it was a very, I, I think I've been, complaining about like uh, uh cutscene cinematics and stuff like it was exactly the level of that that i like there was story it never bogged you down you yeah kind of pick it up or not as you talk to people and i was like i, I thought that was i was a I had a blast with that game i'm excited for the sequel yeah i'm uh, they announced that at the at the game awards um and so that should be should be really fun because that was such yeah. a surprise smash it a couple years ago yeah um the second recommendation is if you want to fight demons and monsters in an RPG, but you'd actually rather venture into JRPGs this time, I'll go ahead and recommend Shin Megami Tensei Five. So an incredibly okay. long uh, Japanese RPG where you're also fighting demons throughout it. I don't know uh, that one. Um, it's a it's a long running series. This one is on the Switch, and none of these you even have to take seriously. Uh, <laughs> but the last recommendation I have for you is if Fernie. You have you've had enough with sinning and devils, but you're ready for some repentance. I'll go ahead and recommend for you the Bible game, uh, which was on PlayStation Two in two thousand five. Okay, the Bible game. Yeah, that does sound fun. I think it would be fun to play the Bible game. I think it would be great, and honestly, I might be a better person uh, after it and come back to the Lord. Who's to say? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, uh, I'll go ahead and wrap up the recommendations for you. We of course had Hades, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and 
the Bible came. And that'll do it for our recommendations. And that'll actually bring us uh, to the end of the show. So before we go and plug whatever we want on our way out, thank you so much for coming on. This is so much fun to hear from you about Diablo 2 and just to get to catch up for a little while. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Absolutely. Um, what do you want to plug on your way out? Is there anything you've been up to? Is there any place people should follow you? Yeah, you can follow me on, on Twitter at Fernie, Alex, all written out for as long as Twitter's there and Instagram. But Instagram is mainly just pictures of my kid. Um, and then uh, uh, I do a monthly show with Convoy with the uh, frequently mentioned in this podcast, Alex Berg. Yes. <laughs> uh, and Todd Fasson. We do a monthly show at the Yards Theater. You can... Uh, we got like great guests last month. We had, you know, John Gabris and, and uh, uh, we've got a bunch of good guests coming up in the new year and stuff. Um, this month we've got uh, Brendan Lee Mulligan, who we talked about. Uh, and yeah. you can follow us at Convoy Improv on Twitter uh, for when those shows go up. But they've been really, really fun. Um, they're improv shows. They're great. Uh, and Sentimental Lady, which we uh, talked about earlier, is uh, doing a monthly show at UCB on like the third Thursdays or something. You can look at the UCB schedule and you'll see us. But we're there. It's us yeah. and uh, the group uh, Pony, which has Matt Apodaca on it. Yes. Um, also mentioned. I'm just going to go through people we've mentioned. We all coincidentally <laughs> connect to the things I want to, to promote. Uh, well, that's a, that's, a, that's a perfect segue or perfect connection that you're making there. Um, well, uh, I'll go ahead and close us out uh, with some plugs of my own. Uh, the show art for Call Me By Your Game is done by Glenn J. You can find him and his wonderful work on Instagram at Glenn with two N's dot J-A-Y. The show is produced by Jeremy Schmidt. You should give him a thank you by checking out his show, Video Games, a comedy show, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, I'm on social media at Connor underscore McCabe. I sometimes stream on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cons is cool 69. Of course, if you are you're a listener to the show and you'd like to be in on the conversation with people who also listen to the show and others from Super NPC Radio, we'll have a link to the Discord in the show notes. So feel free to uh, click that and join for a, a fun, respectful time over there. And lastly, you can, of course, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash super NPC Radio, where currently... Um, by the time this episode comes out, uh, we are going through our Super Mario 64 Games Club where we are taking a fine-tooth comb through that game and going through that entire, uh, every world in that game over about 12 weeks. Um, so you can find that there as well. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Call Me by Your Game. We will see you on the next one. <laughs>